Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast episode finds you well, and I hope you're all having a a wonderful day and a wonderful week. As we're continuing this series in Proverbs on this season of Thursday Thoughts, since we've kind of talked about the first few chapters of the book that kind of help show what the book is all about, these last few weeks, until we break for the summer and before me and my wife have our baby, uh, we're going to kind of just look at certain topics, if you will, throughout the book of Proverbs and look at all the texts around or on that topic and see what the book of Proverbs tries to teach us about certain things. And so today we're going to be talking about a matter of life and death. Or in other words, we're going to be talking about the power of the tongue, human speech, the words that we say, the things that we that come out of our mouth. Because it is a matter of life and death. And the book of Proverbs shows us that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Thursday Thoughts. A judge speaks some words, and a guilty prisoner is taken to a cell on death row. A gossip makes a phone call, and a reputation is blemished or perhaps ruined. A cynical professor makes a snide remark in a lecture, and a student's faith is destroyed. Never underestimate the power of words. For every word in Hitler's book, 125 people died in World War II. Solomon was right when he said, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. No wonder James compared the tongue to a destroying fire, a dangerous beast, and a deadly poison in James chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Speech is a matter of life and death. When you look at the book of Proverbs and you summarize what it teaches about human speech, I think you end up with four you know, important ideas. Number one being, speech is a wonderful gift from God. It's an awesome gift from God. Number two, speech can be used for good. Number three, speech can also be used to do evil. And number four, only God can help us use speech to do good. And so, we're going to break each of these four things down on today's episode. The first being, how speech is an awesome gift from God. The ability to speak comes so naturally that we are apt to forget what a miracle it is, writes Professor Steven Pinker. Language is not a cultural artifact that we learn the way we learn to tell time or how the federal government works. Instead, it is a distinct piece of our biological makeup and our brains, right? Christian believers would say that when God created our first, you know, parents, he gave them the ability to speak and understand words, right? Made in the image of God who communicates. Human beings have the wonderful gift of speech. Proverbs chapter 16, 1 says, The answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And so we see how speech is an awesome gift from God, right? God God spoke to Adam and Eve, right, and gave them instructions in the garden, and obviously they learned how to communicate and how to speak to one another. So, likewise, the images used in Proverbs for human speech indicate 
the value of this divine gift that we not only take for granted, but too often waste and abuse. Wise words are compared to gold and silver in the book of Proverbs. The tongue of the just is like choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20. A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver, like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man's rebuke to a listening ear. Proverbs 25, 11 through 12. Our words ought to be as balanced, beautiful, and valuable as the most precious jewelry. We ought to work as hard as the craftsmen to make them that way. Words are also like refreshing water. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Proverbs 10, 11. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Proverbs 18.4 When we listen to and, and appropriate the words of a godly person, it's like taking a drink of a refreshing water. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. Proverbs 13.14 And the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Proverbs 14.27 but it isn't enough for the wise to speak to us. We must be prepared to listen, right? Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it. Proverbs 16.22 The soil of the heart must be prepared and the seed of the word planted, or the water won't do us much good. Another thing we see is that right words are like nourishing, health-giving food. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. What a wonderful thing it is to say that the right words help to heal a broken spirit. The phrase tree of life obviously pulls from the source of life that goes back to Genesis chapter 2, right? And Genesis chapter 3, the lips of the righteous feed many, right? Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Proverbs 16, 24, reckless words Pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing, Proverbs twelve fourteen. And so when we think about human speech, it's a gift from God because of what it can do for us. You see, just like Jesus talks about the tongue, just like James talks about the tongue, just like Paul talks about the tongue, just like Solomon here in Proverbs talks about the tongue, we see how our tongue and the words that we get are a gift from God, but we got to make sure that we use our gift for the right reasons, right? The Christian who recognizes how awesome the gift of speech is will not abuse that gift, but will declare it and dedicate it to the glory of God. The New Testament scholar Bishop West Westcott wrote, Every year makes me tremble at the daring with which people speak of spiritual things. We all need to heed the words of Solomon. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. Ecclesiastes 5.2 And so we see how speech is an awesome gift from God, and if we use it the right way, and if we dedicate it to God, God will use it to glorify Him and to bring glory um, into our lives. The second thing that we mentioned that the book of Proverbs teaches us about human speech is that speech can be used to do good, right? No matter what may be wrong with us physically, 
when the doctor examines us, he or she often says, you know, stick out your tongue. This principle applies to the Christian life as well, for what the tongue does reveals what the heart contains. Inconsistent speech bears witness to a divided heart, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks, right? That's what Jesus says in Matthew twelve thirty four. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings, wrote James. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. James chapter 3, verse 10. What we, can, what we say can help or hurt people. When we reviewed some of the images of speech found in the book of Proverbs, we learned that our words can be beautiful. They can be beautiful and valuable. They can bring beauty and value to people. Right, nourishment, refreshment, and healing to the inner person. But the awesome power of words reveals itself in other positive ways too, right? Our words can bring peace instead of war. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, Proverbs 15.1. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel, Proverbs 15.18. Solomon isn't advising us to compromise the truth and say that what's wrong is really right. No, rather he's telling us and counseling us to have a gentle spirit and a con- basically an attitude that when we disagree with others that we are seeking peace and not argument. This can diffuse situations that we're in and make it easier for us to settle matters peacefully. And again, the key issue is the condition of the heart. Our words can also help restore those who have sinned, right? As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear, which means a listening ear, Proverbs twenty-five, twelve. It isn't easy to reprove those who are wrong, reprove those who are wrong, and we need to do it in a meek and loving spirit, a respectful way. Galatians chapter six, verse one t- talks to us about that. However, it still needs to be done, right? To flatter those who are disobeying God's word will only confirm them in their sin and make us their accomplices. He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Proverbs 28:23. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses reproof goes astray. Proverbs 10:17. And so we see that our words can help restore people who are sinning or are in sin or who have sinned. And we learn that it is important for us to do so. It's necessary as Christians to help restore people, right? And so our words can be used for that. Our words can instruct the ignorant, right? The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, Proverbs 15, 7. The wise in heart are called discerning, and pleasant words promote instruction, Proverbs 16, 21. While there are many good and helpful things to learn in this brief life that we can, you know, that we can have on earth, the most important is the wisdom of God found in the word of God. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7. We've read that one already. After we acquire wisdom, we must share it with others, for wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning. Proverbs 10:13. And so our words can instruct people. Our words can also rescue the perishing. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. Proverbs 14, 25. 
And so we need to realize that our words can, similar to help restore sinful people, it can rescue people, right? It can deliver souls. And is that by our power? No, that's by Jesus' power through us, correct? Our words can also encourage those who are burdened, right? Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 12.25, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word? Proverbs 15.23, When we're walking in the Spirit daily and being taught by the Lord, we'll know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Isaiah 50, verse 4. Pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the dry bones. Our words can encourage those who are burdened. The Royal British Navy has a regulation that reads, No officer shall speak discouragingly to another officer in the discharge of his duties. You see, we need to practice that kind of regulation in our homes and in our churches. Each of us needs to be a a Barnabas, rather, or a son of encouragement, right? There was a famous British preacher of the Victorian age, and he said, at the end of his ministry, he said, if I had my ministry to do over again, I would preach more to the broken hearts, because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, Luke 4.18. And we can continue that ministry today with words of encouragement and hope. And so the third thing that we talked about in the book of Proverbs that that we learn what Proverbs, excuse me, the third thing that we see that Proverbs teaches us about speech is that speech can also be used to do evil, right? We see from Satan's speech in Genesis chapter 3 and how he used words to deceive Adam and Eve that words can be used in a negative way, right? Whether it's you know, being double-tongued, seductive advertising, or religious propaganda, today's spin doctors know how to manipulate people with words, right? And so, but that's not the only thing that words can do to hurt us, right? Sometimes we hurt others by lying, right? Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only for a moment. Proverbs 12, 19 Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Proverbs 12, 22. Solomon warns us against bearing false witness and violating the ninth commandment. When words can't be trusted, think about it like this. When words can't be trusted, society starts to fall apart. Contracts are useless if our word means nothing. Promises are vain if our words mean nothing. The judicial system becomes a farce, and all personal relationships are suspect because our word means nothing. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is the man who gives false testimony against his neighbor. One of the marks of a liar is that they enjoy listening to lies. A wicked man listens to evil lips. A liar pays attention to a malicious tongue, Proverbs 17.4. It's a basic rule of life that the ears hear what the heart loves. So beware of people who have an appetite for gossip and lies. And we need to make sure that we don't have an appetite for those things and that we're listening to good things and not bad things. You see, sometimes words, you know, speech can be used to do evil. Another thing that our speech can do is hurt others by gossiping, right? 
You shall not go about as a talebearer among your people, Leviticus 19.16 says. A talebearer is the translation of a Hebrew word that basically means to go about, and is probably derived from a word meaning merchant. The talebearer goes about peddling gossip, right? A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter, Proverbs 11.13. Gossip flatter... Gossips flatter people by sharing secrets with them, but to the one of their customers is dangerous. He who goes out as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Proverbs twenty nineteen. You see, the gossip, the, a person who gossips eats and enjoys their secrets like you and I enjoy eating food. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's innermost parts. Proverbs 18, 8, or, and you can also look at Proverbs 22, or 26, 22. People who feed on gossip only crave more, and the only remedy for them is to develop an appetite for God's truth. Another thing we see that speech can be used for evil is that we hurt others by flattering. We hurt others with flattery. Flattery speech is an evil and hurtful thing. Right? The English word flattery comes from a French word that means to stroke or to caress with the flat of the hand. Flatterers compliment you profusely, right, appealing to your ego, but they only the only praise or their praise is far from sincere. They pat you on the back only to locate a soft spot in which to stick a knife. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 29.5, a lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Right? Satan flattered Eve when he said, you shall be like God. Right? In Proverbs, the prostitute seduces her prey by using flattery. Some people flatter the rich because they hope to get something from them. You know, most of us secretly enjoy flattery and dislike rebuke, yet rebuke does more good for us, right? Discipline and correction are important to keep us on the right path. Another thing that we see from the book of Proverbs and how our speech can be used to do evil is that we hurt others by speaking in anger. Right? When we get an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot tempered one commits many sins, Proverbs 29-22. Angry people keep adding fuel to the fire instead of trying to find ways to put out the fire. Many people carry anger in their hearts, and while they outwardly pretend to be at peace with their friends, and they cover up their anger with hypocritical words like, you know, ah, oh, it's all good, you know, it's okay. But then they lash out in other ways, right? Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earthenware, covered with silver dross. If we're inwardly angry at people, all our profuse professions, our friendships, are but a thin veneer over common clay. Speak when you are angry, wrote one wise person, and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Instead of covering our anger with cheap dross, we should cover others' sins with sincere love, and we you know, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Proverbs 10.12 and 1 Peter 4.8 talks about that. Love doesn't condone sin or encourage sinners to try and hide their sins from the Lord. 
but love doesn't tell the sin to others, right? If I'm angry with someone and he sins, I'll be tempted to spread the news as a way of getting even, right? Instead of being angry and instead of burrowing up my anger, I need to release it. I need to have practical ways to, you know, whether it's working out or going for a run or just praying and talking to God and giving him your anger. That doesn't mean yelling at God. That means just when you're going through troublesome times, that you seek God in that, and that if you're angry, you ask God to help you with that instead of blowing up on people. We also can hurt others by talking too much. And this is something that I've slowly had to learn and that I never really realized was a bad thing because I, I talk a lot. You know, anybody who knows me, I talk a lot and I have a lot to say. However, the book of Proverbs warns us that in the mutual, in the, excuse me, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs ten nineteen, The mouth of fools pulls forth foolishness. People who discipline their tongue can control their whole body. That's what James says in James chapter 3. There is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Ecclesiastes 3, 7 tells us that. And the wise know how to hold their peace. And so something that I've continually had to learn is that I need to learn how to shut my mouth sometimes and not say something because... Because sometimes if you talk so much, you, you mess up and you say things you shouldn't say. And so it's important to know the time and place of when our words are best used. And so that's the third thing that we see from Proverbs. Is So we've seen how our, our speech is a gift from God. Speech can be used for good. And thirdly, speech can also be used for evil. Number four. The fourth thing we learn from the book of Proverbs is that only God can help us use the gift of speech for good. When David prayed, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips, in Psalm 141, verse 3, he was doing a wise thing and setting a good example. All of God's people need to surrender their bodies to the Lord, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, kind of embodies that. And this includes the lips and the, and the tongue Right, We must also yield our hearts to the Lord because what comes out of the mouth originates from the heart. Proverbs 16.1 has been a great help in my life. You know, especially when I have been called upon to counsel people and to help in situations, right? To man belong the plans of the heart. Or, excuse me. To man belong the plans of the hearts, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. And whenever you couple this with Proverbs 19.21, it gives you great encouragement. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. On many occasions, I've had to make decisions about complex matters, and God has given me the right words to speak. However, if my heart had not been in touch with his word and yielded to his will and his spirit, right, his spirit might not have made me able and directed me because I wouldn't have listened to it. If we make our plans the best we can and commit them to the Lord, he'll guide us in what we say and do and what we accomplish for his will. I heard someone say one time that empty barrels make the most noise. And they were right. Too often in church, like elders meetings and deacons meetings, right? those who talk the most often have the least to say. People who don't prepare their hearts for such meetings are making themselves available to the devil's tools for hindering God's work. If we're filled with the word and led by the spirit, we'll be a part of the answer and not a part of the problem. 
And so, no, I'm not saying, because again, I'm one of these people who talks a lot. I'm not, my point in this is not saying that people who talk a lot are always wrong and that they're saying bad things. No, but it's important that we weigh what we're saying and that we value what we're saying and really only say the things that are needed to be said. Right? Empty barrels make the most noise. That phrase, what it's saying is that a lot of times things with no sus substance make the most noise. I mean, I think about the world today and all these, you know, movements going on in the world today, you know, and I and I mean nothing of disrespect to people who, you know, identify with these things, but, you know, like, what are the things that are the most noisy? Well, it reminds me of like the LGBTQ movements and things like that. You know, but, and so it makes me think about this quote, right? That empty barrels make the most noise. Things with not a whole lot of backbone to it, a lot of truth to it, make the most noise. And so we need to be aware of that in our lives and make sure that we're not empty, empty, empty barrels clogging around and making racket, but that we're barrels full of truth and knowledge and wisdom that comes from the Lord. There's a fable of a king and a menu. A king once asked his cook to prepare for him the best dish in the world, and he was served with a dish of tongue. The king then asked for the worst dish in the world, and again he was served tongue. Why did you serve me the same food as both the best and the worst? The perplexed king asked. Because, your majesty, the cook replied, the tongue is the best of things when used wisely and lovingly, but it is also the worst of things when used carelessly and unkindly. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 Whenever we're thinking about our human speech and the words that we say, it is a matter of life and death. I pray that we will choose life. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast has been an encouragement to you, and I pray that you will think about the words that you say and that we would try to speak love and truth and life into the world. God bless.